Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, so today we're starting out our, we're not starting. We are starting. Ah, oh, I fucked this up already. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> we have a podcast in a couple of weeks and I apparently forgot how. So um, anyway, today we were talking about season nine, episode 17 called Mother's Little Helper. So we start out outside a house. There's a car pulling into the garage. The screen reads Milton, Illinois. Inside the house, a man is eating popcorn in front of a TV. His wife walks in the door with a bundle of flowers and a, bra- a bag of groceries. She puts them down on the counter and sighs like she's had a really hard day. Uh, the husband says, what's on the menu tonight? And the wife says, meatloaf. The husband says, really? Again? Which, um, fuck Dude, you, buddy. You were home. Make your own food. Sorry. I know, right? <laughs> like, also, but, like, really though, like, <laughs> I would be really happy with meatloaf a lot of the time. So, quit like, your bitch. That would be fine. Yeah. And also, yeah. like, if you didn't want that, maybe you should like come up with what to make then. Exactly. And, like, make it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> not wait until she gets home from work to like start it. It's fine. Whatever. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well I agree with you okay so the wife who's annoyed obviously says I wish you wouldn't say that you know how hard I work all day and yet you criticize me which I mean you and I would have probably said something a lot more harsher than that she really like kept it together I thought but okay so it would have been more along the lines of you can fuck right off (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, the husband, I know, right? Like, really? You're going to be a total chode about it? Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the husband, like, rolls his eyes, and behind him, the wife picks up a large candle holder. Uh, then she smashes him in the face with it twice. She says, <laughs> I mean, like, it's too much, but honestly, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I never do it myself. All right. I, you know, like. yeah, right. She says, so yes. And then she smashes them again and says, we're having meatloaf. Uh, there's some more smashing. And she says, with potatoes. Uh, more smashing. She says, yeah. she says, and broccoli. And then she smashes them one more time and says, and lots of good things. Um, uh, so the dude's blood like splatters all over the TV. And then the camera pans to over to a note. Uh, that's clearly from a child that's on the refrigerator. It says, Mrs. Young is the best. <laughs> and then we get our opening title sequence. So she's an elementary school teacher, which, you know. Yeah. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so opening title sequence. So we cut to the bunker. Dean puts a large red book on a table and starts leafing through it. Sam comes in the room. He says, hey. Dean, like, barely glances at him and says, hey. Sam says, you catch any shut-eye last night? Dean says, nope. Sam says, guess I'm driving. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Dean says, driving where? Sam says, caught wind of a case online. A first grade teacher came home and killed her husband. Dean says, well, maybe she snapped. Ankle biters (laughs) can do that to you. (laughs) I'm just going to (laughs) laugh. Sam says, dude, she pounded him into ground check. Dean is still reading out of the book and not really paying attention. He asks, 
So, what are you thinking? Sam says, best guess, possession. Dean says, why don't you go? And he turns his back on Sam and walks over to a file folder and starts looking through it. Sam says, Dean, look, I want to find Abaddon too, but we've been coming through this stuff for days. Dean says, well, maybe we missed something. Sam says, and maybe there are better ways to spend our time than just spin our... But then Dean shouts at him, maybe we don't have time. Sam says, <laughs> what's up with you? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> yeah, why are you yelling at me? Um, Dean pulls a paper out of the folder and starts to read it silently. He says to Sam, nothing. Which, okay. <laughs> There's clearly <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam walks over to Dean and says, yeah, see, because ever since you killed Magnus, you've been acting sort of obsessed. Dean finally turns around to look at Sam. He says, well, maybe because I want an end to all this. Maybe because if we find Abaddon, then Crowley ponies up the first blade. We kill her and him both. So what you call being obsessed, I call doing my job. Sam says, okay, uh, I get it, Dean. I'm just checking in. Dean says, I'm fine. Sam nods but looks unconvinced. He says, all right, hit me up if you find anything. So Sam leaves the room. Dean closes his eyes and then opens them and pulls a large full body of whiskey, full body, full bottle whiskey <laughs> bag. <laughs> he takes a very long drink. So we cut to Sam dressed as an FBI agent. Uh, he's walking through Mil the, or, bleh, he's walking through the Milton, Illinois police station and talking to the sheriff. Sam says, it says here in your report that you were the first on the scene. The sheriff says, yes, sir. I found Mrs. Young sitting next to her husband covered in blood. Sam says, now, was her husband abusive? I almost said alive. I am just making up words here, okay? <laughs> the sheriff says, Rick? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, he could be a stubborn SOB, but can't we all? Sam says, ah, anything else uh, weird that maybe you felt was too odd to include? The sheriff says, like? Sam says, like, did you smell sulfur? The sheriff says, why would I smell sulfur? Sam says, of course, uh, thank you. What about Karen's eyes? You notice anything strange? The sheriff says, actually, agent, they uh, pretty much looked like eyes. So, you weirdo. Yeah. All right. So they round the corner into the cell block and the sheriff suddenly stops. He says, oh, Lord. And we see that Karen, the school teacher, has hung herself in her cell, but not before she covered the walls with words and symbols in her own blood. <clears throat> so we cut to a short time later. Uh, the coroner is taking Karen's body out of the station while the sheriff talks to Sam. The sheriff says, I don't get this. Karen and Rick are two of the most ordinary people you'd ever meet. Sam says, did she? I don't know if I'd want to be described that way. <laughs> I know. Since They're um, ordinary. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess when you're, you know, like a person of the law talking about ordinary and unordinary, like being ordinary, I suppose, in that way would be fine. As it's a, good, yeah, but not like lawbreakers, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. <clears throat> uh, okay, the sheriff says it was Saturday, uh, a quick trip to the grocery store. That's about it. So we cut back to Dean still going through letters and files and books and film in the bunker. Uh, his cell phone rings, and the caller ID says that Sam is calling. Dean picks it up and hesitates before answering. Uh, he finally does and puts it on speaker. He says, How's Mrs. Manson doing? Sam says, dead. Hung herself in her cell. Dean says, lovely. The demon smoke out? Sam says, if it was a demon. I mean, there was no sulfur, no EMF anywhere. 
And everyone who saw her just before she gutted her husband said she was totally fine. Dean says, what are you still doing there? This sounds like a case of the crazies to me. Sam says, well, if nothing kicks up by morning, I'm out of here. How's the research going? Dean says, it's going all right. Well, uh, good luck. And then Dean hangs up on Sam. He sets his phone on the table and stares at his now empty bottle of whiskey, mm-hmm. which that's weird. Um, <clears throat> we hear Kane's voice in Dean's head as he has himself a little flashback. Kane says, I can give you the mark, Dean, if that's what you truly want. Dean says, can I use it to kill that bitch? Kane says, yes, but you have to know with the mark comes a great burden. Uh, then we see the mark being transferred from Kane's arm to Dean's and then a shot of Dean decapitating Magnus. After Magnus falls to the floor, we see Dean's right hand shaking with the power of the first blade. <laughs> uh, back in real time, Dean's left hand is like grasping the table but shaking. Dean uh, suddenly jerks back to reality and lifts his hand to look at it. He picks up the phone and dials, but as it is ringing, he changes his mind and hangs up. Dean grabs his coat and leaves. So we cut to a young nam, a, uh, a young man <laughs> named, named Billy. He's walking down the road in the middle of the night. He's on the phone. Uh, into the phone, Billy says, uh-huh. Yep. No, I know. I'm sorry. No, I'll make it up to you. Look, I'm trying to get there, babe, but I got into a fight with my mom. So a van pulls up to the side of the road after Billy sticks his thumb out for a ride. He says into the phone, oh, I think I got a bite. Yeah, a van is pulling up. Let me roll. I love you. Bye. So Billy rushes to the passenger door and then smiles as he recognizes the driver. He says, oh, hey, I didn't know this was your ride, Mr. Ritchie. Mr. Ritchie says, let's get you out of the cold. Billy gets in and says, thanks. It's freezing out there. And then we see the van from outside and we hear Billy start to yell and there is a flash of blue light. Billy says, hey, what what are you doing? Get off of me. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right now. Not good. Not good, Mr. Ritchie. So we cut to inside a diner. Um, let's see. What are we doing in this diner? Okay. Okay. We're in a diner. The cook <laughs> says, order up. Here you go. The waitress says, thanks, RJ. And then the waitress takes the plate and turns around and sets it down in front of Sam. The waitress says, can I get you anything else, honey? Sam says, uh, this is great. Thank you. The cook yells, order up. And then Billy enters the diner. Billy's the one who just got van violated. Remember? <laughs> the waitress says be with you in a minute bill so billy sits down at the counter and grabs mashed potatoes from the plate of the person next to him and starts stuffing them into his mouth the waitress it's super weird yeah (laughs) i mean i have certainly felt that way about mashed potatoes but like (laughs) you just don't eat a stranger's mashed potatoes like no like you 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 wait for your own yeah Uh, the waitress says, Billy, what are you doing? Your brother raised you in a barn. Billy shouts at her and says, don't talk to me like that. Sam says, hey, take it easy. She's working hard. The waitress goes over to Billy and says, what's eating you? Billy pushes a glass off the counter and it shatters on the floor, which kind of reminded me of like a cat. Like, that's he what I was like just going to say. Yeah. That's, like, that's a cat move there. Like, yeah, I'm he like, just like, looked at her and then yeah. just like, shoved it off like fuck with me now right (laughs) now what you gonna do yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay um billy says you my mom him and then he gestures at sam sam says buddy give it a rest so sam and billy have like a stare down until the waitress gets his attention (laughs) 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 yeah (laughs) Uh 
Okay, now I need a drink because I laughed. Okay, hold on. <laughs> My throat was apparently not ready for that. Okay. <clears throat> Billy, uh, the waitress says, Billy, Billy, I'm going to call your mom. Have her come fetch you. Billy says, no, you're not. And he grabs a knife from the counter and stabs it into the waitress's hand, pinning it to the counter. She screams. I know, right? She screamed. What I don't remember, and I should have written down, was it like a steak knife or was it like a butter knife? It must have been a steak steak knife. knife. Because, yeah, that would be really extra awful if it was a butter knife, I think. Okay. Uh, So Sam jumps up from his seat and quickly disarms Billy and knocks him unconscious. We cut back to the Milton Sheriff's Department. Sam is walking through the cell block with the sheriff. Uh, with Billy, there are about three or four other people who are writing on the walls with their own blood, humming to themselves, or banging their head against a cell door. <clears throat> this has got me thinking about something. Like, if this is me <laughs> in a cell, you know, writing... This has got me thinking about something. <laughs> if I'm ever like, hey, I need to write with my blood, right? For whatever reason, like, I'm possessed i whatever i want to write the killer's name before my death scene or something you know and is <laughs> the only thing like like what yeah. am i gonna am i gonna how am i gonna get that blood out of me like what am i gonna do am i just gonna like bite the tip of my finger off like what's your go-to there like if you need to start writing in blood your own blood what's the best way to go about that <laughs> i mean I mean, if you are bleeding from your finger, that makes it a whole lot easier to, to just write. I mean, your your ink source really is just <laughs> yeah. ongoing. So there's yeah, that. You don't, have to, like, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to like pause and like dip it in. I want to know. <laughs> I, guess, um, I guess I answered my own question and your finger would be best. I but. would guess, yeah, probably like biting into your hand or your finger. Mm-hmm. It depends. Here, here's where my 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 nerdy is gonna come out here for a second so it depends on how cold your hands are if you bite on your finger and your hands are cold i'm not gonna do yeah. that much. oh okay well i guess I that makes like, sense okay. it'll still bleed for sure but like it's you're gonna have to like you know work a little harder where if you bite into like your hand or something there's pro- there's more bigger blood. vessels there yeah okay this is disgusting i don't want to talk about this <laughs> i'm sorry i just thought about that i was like huh i wonder <laughs> It's gross. I mean, nobody wants to do that. Probably. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll keep going. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sam says to the sheriff, so tell me what's happening here. The sheriff says, I, I was hoping you'd tell me. You're the one that mentioned weird. Sam says, now, where do they all come from? The sheriff says, oh, they're all locals for the straightest arrows you'd ever meet. Apparently they've been acting like this for days. Sam says, do they share anything in common? Church? School? Uh, book club? The sheriff says, not to my knowledge. Oh, I met the kid's girlfriend. She said he was hitching a ride when a van picked him up, and that's the last she heard of him. Whatever that's worth. Uh, the sheriff is called away, and Sam walks back to Billy's cell and kind of shakes some holy water on him. Nothing happens. Sam says, what are you, Billy? Billy says, clear. Sam says, of? Billy says, everything. Sam says, why are you doing this? Billy says, you think there's a why? No, it's because I want to. And I can. Mm. So we cut to Sam's workings of a <laughs> have a great upstanding citizen. Exactly, right. <laughs> uh, so we cut to Sam still in the police station reading through case files. 
He dials his phone, and while it's ringing, the sheriff hands him some pictures. The sheriff says, grocery store surveillance pics. Sam says, great, thank you. Uh, after a lot of rings, Dean finally picks up. Uh, we see he is drinking a beer at a bar. Dean says, hey. Sam says, well, that took forever. Dean says, uh, well, I'm working. You got anything? Sam says, not sure, but uh, a handful of other people have started acting out too. Dean says, acting out how? Sam says, well, same as the woman, aggressive, violent, impulsive. Dean says, Sound lo- sounds like you're in a gold's gym. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, except it's less steroid induced and more basic instinct. It's like the littlest things can set them off. Kind of like me. Dean says, you? Sam says, yeah, uh, soulless me. Remember that? Dean says, yeah, how could I forget? But you weren't out of control like these people. Sam says, yeah, well, maybe everyone has a different reaction to losing their soul. Dean says, possible. So what, a crossroad demon making deals and taking people's souls? Sam says, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's not as if these people are winning the lotto. Dean says, okay, well, that was my best swing. Sam says, I hope not, Dean. I could really use your help down here. Dean? Dean says, yeah, no, I heard you. I just, uh, I'm getting close, Sam. I can't drop the ball on Abaddon right now. Sam says, all right, be safe. So Dean hangs up and starts to drink his second beer. Suddenly, Crowley appears in the booth behind him. Crowley says, you're lying to Sam like he's your wife, which kind of makes me your mistress. (laughs) I just, I love Crowley in these episodes. (laughs) Just peak perfect. Um, uh, we cut to Sam, who is studying the surveillance pictures from the grocery store. He notices that there is a van in the parking lot of the store with the words St. Bonaventure on the side. I, it's such a weird word. Bonaventure. Yep, that's right. Okay. Um, he that Maybe that's not a weird word. Is that like a churchy word? I think okay. it's, I, I, I would guess it's like a. I mean, obviously the name of a saint, but mm-hmm. so at one point a person, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. So Sam then hears an older lady at the police desk talking to an officer on duty. The lady says, now listen to me, young man. Those demons are back. I'm telling you, it's happening all over again. The officer says, demons? The lady says, yes, demons. Are you deaf? The <laughs> Did officer- I stutter? <laughs> <laughs> right. The officer says, yes, ma'am. You know what? We're going to take care of those demons right away. Now, do you need a ride home or something? The lady says, don't patronize me, you little turd. (laughs) (laughs) I like her a lot. (laughs) I do. Sam walks up and says, hey, you know what? I can take her from here, Um, agent leader. And then Sam flashes his badge uh, and motions for the woman to join him at a table. He says, please. So we cut to a few minutes later. Sam hands her a cup of warm tea. He says, here you are. The lady says, thank you. Sam says, sure. Now, why don't you tell me all about these demons, Mrs. Wilkinson? She says, please call me Julia. It's very simple, agent. They they came to Milton. Sam says, and? Julia says, I say demons, and you don't bat an eye when everyone around here thinks I'm nuts on toast. <laughs> Sam says, that's a weird thing to like. <laughs> I know, nuts on toast. So like Dave's killer bread? <laughs> like, I guess so, yeah, right. <laughs> Sam says, maybe I'm just a bit more open-minded than most. Julia says, maybe. You're one of them, aren't you? Sam says, sorry, one of who? Julia says, men of letters. Sam is like totally shocked. Uh, she like, says, uh... <laughs> yeah, she says, <laughs> I don't know what the right answer is here. <laughs> Uh, she says, they came here in 1958. 
Sam says, men of letters came here? Julia says, oh, yes, it was different then. I was different. They were a lovely couple. Uh, and then we have a flashback. Uh, the scene changes to a young nun who is dusting a hallway table. The screen says 1958. There's a knock on the door and a voice calls from the other room. Uh, it says, Sister Julia, please answer the door. Julia says, yes, Mother Superior. So she answers the door and on the doorstep stands Henry Winchester and Josie Sands. Hey. I know. I'm, I'm so excited to see... Josie is Josie and not Abaddon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I really love this actress. I, I first encountered her in um what was it? Uh, I think Stargate Universe. Um and she she's just she's just a great actress. She's so fun. And in real life at the cons too, obviously. Mm -hmm. She's kind of like a, one of those like free spirited, like almost like hippie girls, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's fun. Okay, sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so um henry hands a letter to julia henry says good evening sister we're here from the office of the inquisition so we cut back to the bar uh with dean racking some pool balls on the table um crowley stands close by dean says what do you want crowley says you tell me romeo you rang let me guess you butt dialed me dean says whatever the hell that is either way we done here Crowley says, actually, as long as I'm here, last time we chit-chatted, we agreed you were going to line up Carrot Top. Dean says, yep, well, I'm on it. Crowley says, unless Abaddon likes 10-cent wings, stale beer, and the clap, I doubt that she's here. <laughs> Dean says. I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair thing. You know? <laughs> yep. Dean says, go to hell. Crowley says, oh, if only. But what's going on with you, huh? You call me, you hang up, you want Abaddon, you don't want Abaddon. You want the blade. You don't want the blade. If I didn't know you any better, I'd say you were stalling. Dean starts playing pool. Crowley says, just between us girls, how did you feel when you sunk the first blade into Magnus's head? Dean says, not half as good as I'm going to feel when it's yours. <laughs> Crowley says, love it when you talk dirty. You know what I think? I think you felt powerful. Viral. Viral. There, not viral. <laughs> <laughs> he went viral <laughs> feral and afraid dean says afraid crowley says don't scam a scam artist darling you're stalling because you're scared so we cut back to the police station julia continues her story to sam she says they gave false names but later i learned that the man's name was henry sam says henry winchester julia says never got a last name sam says okay uh and the woman Julia says, Josie, did you know them? Sam says, yes, uh, sort of. It's complicated. Julia says, I'm an ex-nun, sweetie. Complicated is my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, now, what were they here to investigate? Julia says, Sister Mary Catherine. She killed two people before jumping from the bell tower. So I took them to see Mother Superior and Sister Agnes. So we cut to, uh, or we cut back to 1958, and the Mother Superior is reading the letter very slowly. Henry says, time is of the essence, Mother Superior. The Cardinal is meeting with the Holy Father first thing in the morning, and he wants a report. So Mother Superior finally finishes the letter and hands it to Sister Agnes. Sister Agnes says, our beloved Abby is open to you, Father. Sister Julia here will be your guide. And they step out into the hall. Julia says, where would you like to be begin? <laughs> Josie says, Sister Mary Catherine's sleeping quarters, please. Uh, but Julia looks to Henry for the answer. 
he uncomfortably repeats what Josie just said, which is super awkward and weird. Um, Henry says, Sister Mary Catherine's room it is. So Josie says quietly as they climb the stairs, I hate nuns. Henry says, <laughs> why? Because she answered me and not you? Josie says, no, because I went to Catholic school and I have a lot of pent-up anger. <laughs> She's like, I have issues. That's why. <laughs> I like Josie. I do. I like her. Henry says, we have no time for such pettiness. Josie says, what's got your boxers all in a bundle? Henry says, this. Why are we out in the field? Josie says, it's called learning on the job. And you know damn well this is the last assignment before we are full members. Henry says, therein lies the problem. As our initiation grows closer, I worry this might be a selfish endeavor on my part. Josie says, selfish? How? Henry says, if anything were to happen to me, what of John? Millie? Josie says, they'd be proud to know that you answered the call. Henry says, no, my wife would be a widow and my son fatherless. I don't expect you to understand. You don't have a fam. And he pauses and then says, I'm sorry, Josie. I didn't mean it that way. Josie says, I know, Henry, you're a good man. Millie is lucky to have you. So they come to an open door. Julia says, here we are. The blood wouldn't come off. So Josie and Henry inspect the room. There is random drawings and writings on the walls. Henry says, so we're assuming demonic possession here, correct? Josie says, or a linguist gone mad. Henry says, it looks ancient. Uh, Zapokra? is a language that I'm totally saying wrong. I'm sorry if that's your language. Uh, is she it a says, real language? I don't know, but yeah, probably. She says, or Sanskrit? Josie says, no, it's uh, it's pre-Enochian, a crest of some sort, Knights of Hell. What is that? Henry says, trouble. So we cut back to current day at the police station. Sam says, Knights of Hell? What were they doing there? Julia says, I'm not sure of anything I saw that night. We couldn't leave our room after 10 o'clock. Uh, Mother Superior forbade it. So we Okay, but, like, I just have something to say. What happens if you got to pee in the middle of the night? Like, you get a bucket. They have a corner somewhere that they, they must, can go They in? must have some sort of bucket-type contraption. Either that or they each have their own bathroom or something in there, but, like, oh, I can't. Okay. That seems oh, unlikely. Like, ugh. What if that you're sick? <laughs> you know, oh, like, yeah. You know, like. They give you two buckets. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, no. that sounds that sounds stressful. That for sure, like the fact that like, oh, you can't pee after ten o'clock would like for sure make me have to pee like four times after ten o'clock. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> okay, so we cut back to uh, 1958. Julia is in bed, but she hears footsteps in the hall, so she goes to investigate and sees the mother superior dragging a struggling girl down some steps. Uh, when the mother looks up, her eyes are completely black. Julia gasps in fright and goes to run away, but Sister Agnes is there and knocks her out. Julia says, I woke up in a dark place, tied to a chair. There were others. They were taken. And we see Sister Agnes walk in and untie one of the girls, and she drags her out of the door. There's a flash of blue light. Uh, One by one, each person is taken out until only Julia is left. Julia says, I was so scared. I prayed and prayed, but God didn't answer my prayers. Henry and Josie did. And we see Henry and Josie bust into the barn where Julia is being untied to be taken out. Uh, They start to exorcise the demons. Um, Both demons smoke out of the nun bodies. 
Henry and Josie exchange relieved glances, but then the mother superior enters with her eyes all demon black. Henry starts the exorcism again, uh, but the mother superior flicks Henry into the wall and he goes unconscious. Josie says, Henry! Mother Superior says, you hunters are always sticking your noses in where they don't belong. Josie says, hunters, please. The Mother Superior says, then what are you? Quickly, dear, before this one pays for your stubbornness. Josie says, we are preceptors. Did I say that word right? Preceptors? Preceptors? Yes, preceptors maybe? I don't know. Okay, yeah. She says, beholders, chroniclers of all that which man does not understand. The Mother Superior says, a woman amongst the men of letters. Josie says, yes. The Mother Superior says, well, ain't that a blast? Josie says, do you know what we're capable of, demon? Mother Superior says, yes. I know what you think you're capable of, but perhaps I should see for myself. Josie says, wait, what are you doing? Mother Superior says, I'm trading up from this bag of bones to Mr. Dreamy here. And she motions to Henry. (laughs) She says, then I can study your kind real close. Josie says, don't, or I'll... Mother Superior says, or what? Josie says, take me, not him. Mother Superior says, you're joking. Josie says, I could be more useful to you. People underestimate a woman. Mother Superior says, no, that's not it. You love him. He loves you too, you know, like a sister. Um, (laughs) Bitch, really? (laughs) Like, really? Come on. (sighs) Josie says, please, spare him. Take me. You have my permission. Mother Superior says, you've been very entertaining, my dear, but I don't need your permission. Abaddon takes what she wants. And right now, she wants everything. And then Abaddon smokes out of Mother Superior's body and into Josie. Sister Agnes says, you're going to study the men of letters? Abaddon says, for a moment, and then I'll destroy them. Sister Agnes says, and what of all this? Abaddon says, keep it going until I return. Now, play dead. So Sister Agnes collapses on the floor, and Abaddon and Josie's body rushes over to Henry. Abaddon says, Henry, are you okay? And Henry regains consciousness. Abaddon says, we did it. We stopped the demons. Uh, We cut back to the police station. Sam says, Abaddon, did you ever see exactly what she was doing down there? Julia says, no, but whatever it was she was doing at St. Bonaventure, it seems to be happening again. Sam says, the convent's name was St. Bonaventure? Julia says, yes. Sam says, where is it? Julia says, on the outskirts of town. It's been closed for years. So we cut back to Crowley and Dean sitting at the bar. Crowley whistles for a drink. He says, I love this. I really do. A couple of cold ones, a kind (laughs) juke... Sorry. A kind jukebox, good and evil, broin' down. Dean says, shut your pie hole, Crowley. Crowley says, yeah, you said that already. Look, I merely suggested you might be a bit scared. Dean says, yeah, no, I heard you the first time. You still don't know what the hell you're talking about. Crowley says, I know that Cain gave you his mark for a reason. And I know that rather than embracing it, rather than looking at it as the gift that it is, you're sulking like you lost your nuffle bunny. (laughs) Why are you fighting what you really are? Dean says, I'm a hunter. Crowley says, who's a chip off the old mark of Cain? Dean says, no, when I kill, I kill for a reason. I'm nothing like Kane. Crowley says, nothing like, who are you talking to now? I think I just said new. Okay, I'm going to start that over. (laughs) I can tell. (laughs) Crowley says, who are you talking to? I know you're not talking to me. Dean says, eat me. Crowley says, 
I saw you. I saw the two of you together. Nothing like Kane? What's in that bottle? Delusion? I'm really starting to worry about you, Dean. Dean says, yeah, well, why don't you worry about yourself? Crowley says, I will, because, like it or not, we're in this together. Your problems, my problems, our problems. <laughs> Crowley gets up and walks towards the back of the bar. Dean says, where are you going now? Crowley says, I'm going to water the lily. Care to cross streams? <laughs> Dean. <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> Dean rolls his eyes and Crowley says, so serious. Dean suddenly grasps his right forearm where the mark is, and we hear Magnus's voice echo in his head. Magnus says, that's it. Good. You'll get used to the feelings. Even welcome them. Dean continues to hold his arm as he looks towards where Crowley disappears. Uh, suddenly, he notices a guy named Jake who's a little further down the bar. Um, he's holding a rosary and looks like he's prepping for a fight. He takes a knife from his belt and goes after Crowley. Uh, before Jake can get to the bathroom door, Dean blocks him. Dean says, whoa, 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 easy. I know what you're thinking. Jake says, I'm thinking I'd like to take a leak, so move. Dean says, I'm Dean Winchester, and I know a hunter when I see one. You don't want to do what you're about to do. Jake says, and why's that? Dean says, because you're packing a knife to a demon fight, and you don't stand a chance. Jake says, then I'll go down swinging. Dean says, hey, 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 listen to me. Any other day, I'd be right there with you, brother. I would, okay? You got to trust me on this one. Jake says, or you could grow a pair and come with me. Dean says, you ever taken on a demon before? Yeah, well, trust me when I say that when he's done with you, he's going to go after your family. He's going to go after your friends. Hell, he'll go after your prom date. So if you want to do that, if you want to damn anyone and everyone you've ever loved and the slightest chance that you could win, then by all means, pal, you go right ahead. Jake thinks about it and then says, I got a kid sister. She don't deserve that. Dean says, what's your name? Jake says, Jake. Dean says, good to meet you, Jake. Jake says, thanks. Dean says, I'll see you around. And then Jake leaves and Dean bangs on the bathroom door. He says, come on, we got to go. So we cut to Sam pulling up to the ruins of the St. Bonaventure convent in the Impala. Uh, and we cut back to Dean. He's outside the bar. Um, Crowley walks out the front door. Dean says, demons don't take leaks. Next time you want to shoot up, why don't you find a better excuse? <laughs> Crowley says, guilty as charged. Dean says, what happened? I thought you were cleaning up your act. Crowley says, well, I was going to, but then after a very little soul searching, I decided to embrace my addiction. <laughs> He's like, um, I'm a demon. Hello. <laughs> yeah. He says, what, what about you? you? What happened? You know, like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Crowley says, what about you? Takes a junkie to know a junkie. You just want to touch that precious again, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, I want to kill Abaddon. That's what I want. So whatever happens with the blade, I can't worry about that. Crowley says, sure. Whatever you got to tell yourself so you can sleep better at night. Dean says, look, what I want, what I fear, none of that means squat. Because this is the one chance that we have to kill Abaddon. So I'm all in, no matter what the consequences. Crowley says, so the plan remains the same. Dean says, I find her, you bring the blade. Crowley says, it's a date. So Dean walks off uh, down the street with his back to Crowley. Jake walks up to Crowley and says, for a second there, I thought he made me. Crowley says, he has other things on his mind. Jake says, but he did do exactly what you said he would. He saved you. Crowley says, of course he saved me. We're besties. <laughs> and, and now he's ready. I love that. 
Uh, so we cut <laughs> back to St. Bonaventure. Sam is searching the grounds. He opens a door into a hallway and creeps down it. Uh, he finds some stairs and walks down into a room. There on a shelf are five bottles full of brilliant blue light. Uh, before Sam can pick one up, he is attacked by Mr. Ritchie, who was the van violator. Um, <laughs> he, uh, who Sam quickly, quick, okay. Deep breath. Okay. <sighs> Sam quickly kills with a demon knife. Um, he is then thrown back into a pile of boxes by Sister Agnes. Sister Agnes says, souls are a very precious and fragile thing. Break one of those, and then them little buggers fly right back home. We can't have that now, can we? Sam, like, gasps in pain and tries to stand up again. He says, so, after all these years, you're still doing Abaddon's dirty work. Huh, Agnes? Sister Agnes says, would you believe it's gotten even dirtier? <laughs> Used to be folks believed in the church. Heck, the way they would come strolling in here, looking for God, it was like fish in a barrel, really. But times change. You can blame your perverts for that. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll win the perfect for that. <laughs> she says, now I'm riding shotgun in some smelly van with a handyman and tricking any halfwit I can lay my hands on. But it's worth it. Sam says, because stealing souls is so noble. Sister Agnes says, stealing souls is winning. Sam says, winning what? Sister Agnes says, hell's crown, Nimrod. You think Abaddon is just going to sit there while those penny-wasted demons refuse to pick a side? And so she made a plan. If you can't convince him, make him. Sam says, she's turning souls into demons? Sister Agnes says, hmm, a demon army. Unbeatable. Loyal only to her. Sam says, well, uh, at this rate, should only take a couple million years. Have fun with that. Sister Agnes says, you think I'm the only one doing this? We have factories spread throughout. Worry not, though. Victory is nigh. And we'd like you to be on our team. Recruitment is easy. I just have to rip your soul out of your body. Oh, great. Uh, so <laughs> Sam, steal or anything. I know. So Sam does a smart thing and starts to exercise her. Uh, he Latin chants, but Sister Agnes rushes to Sam and starts to choke him. Uh, Sam pulls out his phone from his pocket and starts to play a recording of the exorcism. Hey! Hey! That was really smart, Sam. Um, <laughs> he throws it kind of far away from them onto the floor so she can't get to it and choke him at the same time. Um, Sister Agnes goes to the floor and crawls towards the phone, trying to get there before the exorcism is complete. She does get there and smashes Sam's phone, uh, before, but before she can recover, Sam stabs her with a demon knife. So she flashes out and dies, and then Sam releases all the souls in the glass jars, and they all fly back to the people sitting in the jail cells. Uh, they all look around, shocked at where they are. So we cut to Sam and Julia walking back to her car in front of the police station. Sam says, you know, uh, can I ask you something? Julia says, if it's for a date, I'm sorry. I never see anyone under 65. Too much yeah. drama. I love that lady. <laughs> I do too. She's pretty great. She's like, mm, yeah, you're cute, but not for me. <laughs> yeah. Sam chuckles and Julia smiles. She says, spit it out. Sam says, after witnessing what you did, why didn't you warn Henry about Abaddon? Julia says, I became a nun because I wanted to help people. Make a difference. But they never prepare you. They never tell you how to act in the face of true evil. So we cut back to 1958. Henry and Abaddon say goodbye to the nuns. Henry says, thank you, sister. Abaddon says, 
for the safety of all those involved, it's important that we keep what happened today or what happened here today quiet. And she stares at Julia as she says this. Young Julia says, of course. Uh, we cut back to the present time. Older Julia says, soon after I left the order. Sam says, why? Julia gets a little choked up and says, because I was ashamed. I had betrayed our flock, God, myself. It was and still is my greatest shame. Sam says, well, what you shared with me saved lives, and I couldn't have done that without you. Take care. Julia says, you too, Sam. So we cut back to 1958. Henry and uh, Josie, possessed by Abaddon, get into their car. Abaddon says, you okay, Henry? Henry says, better. We saved lives today. We made a difference. This, our work, it's a noble calling, isn't it? I mean, yes, there's risk, but gosh, I feel the fool for doubting it, even for a second. <laughs> and you, Josie? <laughs> Abaddon says, me? Well, I feel like a whole new person. So we cut back to Dean sitting at the table in the bunker. Sam comes in and says, still plugging away? Dean says, like a dog with a bone. You? Uh, Sam grabs some files from Dean's table and goes to sit at the other table. He starts to read the top file and says, you were right. Dean says, about what? Sam says, finding Abaddon ASAP. She's mining souls. Dean says, why? Sam says, to create an army. And credits. That was a good warble there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so <laughs> my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, what song do you think that Crowley would actually play on the jukebox? I feel like it would need to be something like Highway to Hell or something like that. Or it would Britney be Britney Spears. Like, I was going with Britney Spears. <laughs> well, I was going to say something like that. Rebecca, what's her name? The, I don't remember, the one that sang the Friday song. <laughs> I don't know. It's like something really obnoxious and bad just yeah. to piss everybody off. Or something that's like, you know, appropriate. Yeah, yeah. For, you know. I don't know. I feel, I feel like he would try to go obnoxious or like... Just like, you know, late 90s pop. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. <laughs> like Spice Girls, maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, but tell a, me what you want, what you really want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I could see that. I, I would like to see yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or like Shake It Off or something. Like, oh, that'd be off. great. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I would pay to see Mark uh-huh. Shepard sing and dance to that. Yep, I, I would. I would. I would pay for that. Yep. I have. <laughs> A video of Jim Beaver dancing, dancing to Taylor Swift. It wasn't that song, though, was it? It was. I thought it, it was. was. I was. I think it's Blank Space. Uh, blank Space. I we'll have to review the video. I don't know. He's yeah, definitely I singing a dancing. I don't remember. To, I just remember to it was Tay Tay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a popular Taylor Swift song. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with he would play like the Friday song. I just don't know the. You don't have to send it to me. No, I I can't think of it. How's it go? Oh, it's it's obnoxious. It was super popular when I was, gosh, that was back in like 2010, I think, is around-ish when it came out, because I remember being in one of my um, college classes, and yeah. everybody just being like super annoyed by that song, and our professor like came in and just like turned on because it was a Friday, you know, and he like turned on the like, it's Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday, you know, like that party and party and yeah, you know, like I totally that doesn't sound familiar to me at all. You're gonna have to that's send a good me thing. 
but you're going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've got to listen good. to it at least once. But yeah, so like that, I feel like it would be something like that, mm-hmm. where it's just like bad and obnoxious. Like the whole thing with her, I guess, from what I gathered from the whole situation was that like her dad was rich. She was awful at singing mm-hmm. and like, Wait, are we talking about your professor? Wait, who are we talking about? Talking no, about the girl the, singing the song. Oh, I thought you were talking about your professor. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, no, no, I'm no, with no. you. I so understand. The girl singing the song was like her dad was rich or something like that. And like had, she had like wanted to sing a song or be a singer or something. And so he like paid to have her do a song basically. And like that Let's was see. what they came with. Wow. Okay. All right. And everything. Ugh, that doesn't sound familiar to me. I'm gonna have to look into that. Yep. Mhm. <laughs> her name's like Rebecca something or other. I don't remember, but okay. yeah, it's um, it's something else. Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna send it to you, and you're gonna have to listen to it. <laughs> I will listen and to then it. And never get that out of your head. Hey, listen, it's payback for the gummy bear song <laughs> and a chicken wing song. Oh yeah. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, that's Killian's fault. Technically, I mean, kind of. But like, you're like, hey, have you heard the song? I'm gonna let you listen to this. I'm gonna have you listen to this song because, like, I've been listening to it and I think you like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're catchy kid songs, you know. I mean, they're catchy. Yeah, I'll give it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it you're be, welcome. It could be. <laughs> It sure could. Yes. <laughs> um, my only other thought, kind of sort of musing, was okay, so that the older, well, so the lady, oh, what's her name? Julia? The, yeah. the XN? Okay, yeah. She's from something else. She does look familiar to me. I couldn't quite place her. I was like, and I didn't look it up, yeah. Know but I couldn't tell you where from and so I was like I should just look that up let's I am to be this okay uh, let's save this episode <laughs> I just uh, read it you think I would know that I don't know <laughs> it's um a mother's mother's little helper maybe I'm getting there on IMDb it pulled me up on episode 10 for some reason I'm having to scroll through the okay here. I'm doing it too I'm gonna see who gets there faster <laughs> You're probably going to, but in my defense, you started first, so. Um, um, wait, what's this episode? Lena, Jenny O'Hara. Okay, but what's she in? She's also. Okay, you beat me, you bitch. So, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what I know. Oh, Atypical, which I've seen, but I don't remember seeing her in there. I know. It's, it comes up first. It's a M. Night Shyamalan movie called Devil. And it's, have you ever seen that movie? It takes place completely in an elevator, and that's it. And it's one of the reasons, only one of the reasons, that I'm afraid of elevators. <laughs> um, it's a great movie. Yeah, she. this is exactly what I remember her from. We're going to watch that movie, and then you too can be afraid of elevators. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, there's a lot of stuff on here that, like, I know is popular, but I don't know. I don't know if I've seen any of it. So I'm trying to figure out, like, maybe just because she's been in so many things that, like. Yeah, I'm looking at her other stuff and I don't. I mean, I recognize them, but I haven't seen them. So mine, mine is I definitely. Molly, I have seen. 
I think she was like maybe somebody's mother in that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. Oh, Supernatural's on there. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I'm back to Devil. That's a great movie. We're going to watch that movie. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, hold on. She's seen a lot of stuff. Holy heck. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> King of Queens. Okay. I've seen uh, quite a few episodes of that. She's, yeah. Um, House, I've seen a few episodes of that, but I don't remember much about it because that was mm-hmm. a long time ago. Cold Case. Uh, I wonder... Well, I mean, I, I, okay, this is one of my, like, guilty pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch Cold Case so much. Like, I, I don't know what it was that. about that show that I was, like, into it. And I would mm-hmm. stay up late to watch that show. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I don't know why, but Ghost Whisperer, too. I watched all of that, and so I'm okay. sure I probably recognize her from that. Okay, so she's been probably in, like, the things that I've seen her in was probably a lot of, like, Smaller roles, I would think, maybe. Yeah. Reba. Okay, I've seen pretty much all of Reba. So, yeah, I, I've definitely seen her, but, like, that's the thing. I, I wouldn't have known that she was yeah. in those things unless I saw it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I get it. Anyways. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to watch we're gonna watch um, the devil movie about the elevator. And it's, like, it's like um, I don't know how many people, like, maybe five or six people at the most uh-huh. stuck in an elevator. They're stuck. And... Uh-huh. One of them is possessed by the devil. And oh, good. And it's it's terrifying. People die. Like, who is it? Who's the bad guy? Who's possessed? Is it jumping from people? You know, it's a uh, it's a scary movie. And it's very it's kind of claustrophobic. Well, obviously you're in an elevator with a bunch of people. Every time <laughs> yeah. I get in an elevator, I think I've said this before, but every time I get in an elevator now and there's more than just like one other person in there, I'm like, if we get stuck in this elevator, like, what corner am I going to pee in? Like, <laughs> every single time, I'm always just, like, eyeing the corners. Like, I mean, I don't say that to the strangers in the elevator with me, because that's not how you make friends. But, like, you, you know. know what you should do? If uh, you're that worried about it, you should just carry, like, a grocery bag in your purse at all times. So that way you have, like, something that doesn't have a hole in it, and you can have, like, a little baggie. Yeah. People that's can a good have idea. a bag. That's a great idea. It'll be my little elevator essentials but hey at least you don't have to worry about the corner thing anymore that's true because like it's not going to stay in the corner it's not like there's a corner that's like slightly you know lower than the rest of the elevator like as well as it could Right, right. It's like if you pee in that corner, it's just going to stay there. Like, that shit's going to spread out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then it's going to smell, at least with a bag, you can, like, reopen it and close it, and it's not going to be as bad, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me. <laughs> if you wanted to go, if you wanted to go super far with it, you could get a Ziploc. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do have? I can't remember if they're called, like, Travel Janes or something, where it's, like, it's like basically it's like a long barf bag, basically, you know, those like yeah. blue barf bags. But it's like it's like the the like the edge of it is like contoured to just like go right on your lady parts. And you just like you can just like kind of squat in your car or whatever and pee into it. It's like a way to pee in your car, like how dudes yeah. can just pee into bottles or whatever. You know, girls yeah. can't do that. So, well. yeah. So I have I have those. Maybe I'll just put one of those in my purse and call it good. There you go. Because you can just tie it off like the barf bags. Uh-huh. But I don't know about reusing it, like how 
It seems like untying it would be a messy situation. Just tie it right above the fill line and then just keep <laughs> filling it up. <laughs> Have a little bubble like one of those balloon animals. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, we come up with. <laughs> well, hopefully that'll help with your elevator fear. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, uh, favorite moments. What was your favorite moment from this episode? Uh, well, I basically loved every single thing that came out of Crowley's mouth. Um, <laughs> every single thing was platinum. And then mm-hmm. um, I really loved at the end there when um, Sam was like walking, you know, old Julia to her car and he's like, can I ask you a question? And she's like, well, if it's for a date, like you're too young, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. I just thought that, I mean, obviously she was joking and, you know, just having fun with them. But also yeah. like, keep in mind, like older ladies do love the Sam Winchester quite a bit. So yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean, she was clearly thinking about it, even though she knew that wasn't, you know, what was happening but I know right she's like I could never do it but like if I was younger yep I'd yep. climb that tree <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yep uh, what was your favorite moment um mine was when um Crowley was talking to that other demon and was like of course he saved me we're besties like he's yeah. like duh you know like <laughs> I mean, like, all of the Crowley stuff. Like, yeah. I would say, like, my favorite moments are kind of the same as your favorite moments, but that one specifically was, like, yeah. <laughs> snark. Of course. Duh. He's my best friend. You know, like, kind of, like, like, he's joking, but, like, wants it to be true, kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's definitely, like, wants to be buddies with Dean, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll get there more later, I'm sure, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, like, half-joking, but also, like, that's my best friend, you know? know. <laughs> yeah. Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so our interesting facts from this episode is that it was directed by Misha Collins. I did not know that. I didn't I either. He, I think he did a good job. <laughs> um. It says, upon finding out that Misha would be directing the episode, Jensen set up cameras and pied Misha in the face twice. <laughs> oh, is that? Yeah, I see that a lot that on video, Tumblr. Yeah, those videos like of Misha getting pied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened, I think, is that I, I think I saw something where, like, Misha was telling the story that, like, I think I think Jared, like, on set, like, pied him in the face in front of everybody, and he, like, cleaned himself up. Haha, it was funny. And then mm-hmm. as he's, like, walking, like, outside to his car, mm-hmm. like, Jensen came up and pied him again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, a, a double pieing. Yeah. I remember <laughs> so. seeing, I don't remember seeing the first pie incident, mm-hmm. but I do remember seeing him, like, walking down, like, somewhere outside and Jensen running up and smacking him, and, you know, both of them are like, ah! Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> right. So. I've never been pied in the face, and I'm really happy about that. It yeah, just seems like, either. yeah, you just gave me, you just gave me a weird like look that like I feel like you were like, huh, maybe I need to pie you, but no, like, no. My, my weird look was thinking about if I had ever been pied in the okay. face because I, so, I was an intern for a while at my church up north, and we did a lot of weird stuff, like. <laughs> You know, like we did cinnamon challenges and like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, let, uh, gosh, I mean, okay, like 
the boys would all like they had this like slingshot thing that was meant for like water balloons I think or maybe it wasn't maybe it was just a, like one of those big like slingshots that take a few people to hold and they would like put a rubber chicken in it and call one of the other guys into the hallway and be like hey come here I need you to look at this and then like fling rubber chickens at them you know like <laughs> so wow like, anything like that ever happened there I don't think so yeah I remember them doing like games and stuff with the youth group where they would have like you know, a pie plate with like whipped cream in it. And then right. like, you'd have to like get something out of the bottom of it somewhere with your mouth, you know, or whatever. Uh, so you're having to like wade through the stuff to like the whipped cream, yeah. get, I don't even know what out of there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. I think, yeah, I've never, I've seen people get pie in the face, but I've never gotten yeah. pie in the face. Yeah. But, I don't, I don't want that to happen to me. I don't, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, the face, if it could just stay on my face, that would be one thing. Because it's not like I really wear makeup anyway. So, like, oh, yeah. I just like a simple wash your face and be good. But, like, I don't want it in my hair. <laughs> yeah, I don't want my hair. I don't want it to drip on my clothes and, like, have weird white stains on my clothes. <laughs> but also, like, I do wear, like, you know, mascara and stuff. So, that would definitely get in my eyeballs. And that would be a bitch to clean off. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. No pieing in the face. Good. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. We'll make a pact right here and now that we shall not pie each other in the face. And we All right. Try to avoid other people pieing us in the face if we can. Yes. Yes. If someone comes at your face with a pie, I will try and block that shit. Thank you. Not with my Watch, own face. Chop it. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will. Definitely throat chop or something. I'll, I'll <laughs> intervene. <laughs> or arm chop so that way they drop it. Okay. And then all right. it splatters all over them and then possibly you. So how good of an idea is that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But we need to think of something. We'll figure it out. We'll experiment. <laughs> we'll experiment. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll practice with Travis and Eric. I'll be like, I need you to hold this pie like you're gonna smack it into somebody's face, and then we need to figure out our defense mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they'll just be like, What the fuck is the matter with you guys? Eric would be probably like, oh boy. And Travis would probably be like, oh boy, at first. And then he'd get really into it and be like, you need to do this. Oh no, try this. You know? <laughs> yeah, Eric Eric would be excited about it too. All right, next time we hang out, we've, we've got a, an activity. Here you go. We need to get okay. a couple of cans of that like whipped cream stuff and then like... Some pie crust? Pie, yeah. Well, not, just pie pan, tins. You oh know? yeah, you don't even need the crust. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Sounds yeah, good. And then Killian could just eat the whipped cream. Crust. It's just the whipped cream. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So. And then Killian can just go whipped cream crazy. It'll be fun. <laughs> we'll have to do that outside for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so the next interesting fact, it says, when Crowley tells Dean, you're sulking like you lost your Nuffle Bunny. Um, he's referencing the children's book Nuffle Bunny by Mo Willems. Yep. Um, Nuffle Bunny is a toddler's stuffed rabbit that gets lost at the laundromat. Yes, it is. Killian loves those books. Well, it did when he was a little younger, yeah. I think we might even have a Nuffle Bunny, like, stuffed animal. Yeah. Huh. They're really popular. There's, like, yeah. there's a couple. There's some sequels and stuff, too. They're, like, picture sure. books. Yeah. Newer stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah. 15, 20 years. <laughs> I'll oh, say 15 like, years. Yeah, not when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I wouldn't have read it as a kid. <laughs> That's correct, yes. <laughs> um... Uh, where am I? Oh, okay. Uh, so it says Sam poses as agent leader. Um, Felix leader was a CIA agent in the James Bond novels and movies. Okay. Um, it says Crowley asks Dean, 
you just want to touch that precious again, don't you? Um, Gollum calls the ring precious in Tolkien's Hobbit and Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it says, the picture in the diner at the beginning of the scene where Sam is drinking coffee at the counter is a picture of downtown Port Washington, Wisconsin. Um, uh, the episode's title is from a 1966 uh, Rolling Stones song of the same name, mm-hmm. uh, which is Mother's Little Helper. Mm-hmm. Whoops, I just like totally zoomed in on my screen and I don't really know how I did that, but that's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It says, uh, this is the first of two roles that Kurt Ostlund, um, who's Billy, um, played. Wait, on who's two- Billy again? I think it was the kid. Oh, with the knife, the, did the knife stabbing? Okay. Yeah, I think Who got so. van violated? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Don't hitchhike, like, Billy. Don't hitchhike. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says he also plays Stuart Blake in season 14, episode four, Mint Condition. That means nothing to me. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Um, it says the exorcism recording Sam plays is the same recording used in the season three episode. Uh, oh, this is the one that we couldn't figure out how to say Ju and Bello. Okay. I'll go with it. I know exactly what you're talking about, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is debatable. I'm not sure if this one's true or not. Cause I mean, I haven't, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. so we're just gonna, you know, in theory, this is true. Um, it says it's the only episode of Supernatural to be directed by Misha Collins. I feel like I he did only direct one of them. I didn't know it was this one, but I don't know how if that's true or not. You know, like I I think I heard that before the series ended. So yeah. I suppose it's possible he could have done more. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember honestly, and I don't know if I even heard. I don't. I didn't like even hear about him directing any of it. But also, yeah. like, was I paying attention? No. So <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So our research from this week is off of Ranker because, again, can't stop, won't stop. Nope, not even sorry about it. <laughs> um, and it's How to Sell Your Soul to the Devil, a practical step-by-step guide. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it says, admit it, you've thought about selling your soul to the devil once or twice. Maybe you needed some extra cash or you just wanted to skip the TSA line at LAX. There's no judgment here, but selling your soul to Satan isn't as easy as it sounds. (laughs) There are a lot of steps that you have to take to ensure the safety of you and your soul, and you've got to make sure that you get what you want. (laughs) It's like any legal transaction, but with the most evil entity in the universe. (laughs) In the interest of doing a good deed, these guidelines break down exactly how to sell your soul to the devil, provide some examples of famous people who have sold their soul, and warn you of the pitfalls that await you on the journey to being really awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious question here is, how do you sell your soul? It may seem simple enough, but it's actually a multifaceted question. <laughs> There's a right time and place to do dark magic and a step-by-step process that has to unfold, <laughs> much like any legal situation. <laughs> Satan isn't some chump that just fell off a turnip truck. He's been making deals for souls for longer than you've been alive, and you need to be prepared for whatever he's going to throw at you. <laughs> turnip truck, huh? <laughs> you do things the wrong way. Oh, I said I said a turnip truck, huh? Turnips. You said yeah, I know, right? I just got stuck on the turnip. Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> it says if you do things the wrong way, you could end up possessed, and you definitely don't want that. Nope. Um, it says so. You want to learn how to make a deal with the devil, whether for money or fame. Keep reading to find out how you can and what happens to sell when you sell your soul. 
the first one is, uh, where does one find the devil? <laughs> it says, if you want to sell your soul, the first thing you have to do is find the devil. The most well-known story of someone selling their soul is that of Robert Johnson, a bluesman who went to a crossroads at the junction of Highway 61 and 49 in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. There, he allegedly traded his soul away for the promise of a lifetime of easy money, woman and, or women, and fame. Um, but if you can't get down to Mississippi to find the devil there, where else should you go? And we did that research way back in the day. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was an episode. About uh, Robert Johnson? Mm-hmm. That was, what episode was that? That was... I think it's the first time you encounter Crossroad Demons and Hellhounds. Yeah, it was like right? called Crossroad Blues or Blues, something. I think so. Yeah, maybe? that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. What season was that? Two or three, I'm going like, to say. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say it's early on, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so it says, if you're in the Northeast, you can check out the Seven Gates of Hell, which can allegedly be found in the woods off Trout Run Road in Hellum Township, Pennsylvania, or maybe even the other Gates of Hell, <laughs> a collection of drains in Clifton, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, a collection of drains? Did you say yep. drains? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Drains. That sounds Like sewer drains, scary. I'm Yeah, that, that does not sound fun. <laughs> That's, that sounds more terrifying no. than the other gates. That sounds like Pennywise. Sort exactly. Of stuff. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah. It's no good down there. Stay on the sewers, kids. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it says, according to folklore, there's a room at the bottom of the drains where you're confronted by a glowing human skull before you see the devil. <laughs> if you don't find the devil in the first place you look, take comfort in the fact that the Dark Lord probably knows you're looking for him somewhere and he'll get to you eventually. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how do you summon the devil? So maybe you don't want to go on a cross-country road trip to find out if Satan is hanging out in the middle of nowhere. Can you set up a house call? According to Dr. Rex Tooth, all you have to do is be alone in your room, close your eyes, and say, Satan, I summon you. I have a quality soul to sell if the price is right. It may take dozens, even hundreds of tries, but at all costs, avoid sounding desperate or needy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> remember, remember, folks, make the devil want to want you. <laughs> oh, my God. OK. All right. I didn't realize that was a turnoff for the devil. OK. I know. Right. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that just whatever, like. <laughs> it'll take whatever, but I know, thought so, fine. too. I guess we're wrong. <laughs> oh, you just kind of like stuttered out a little bit. Oh. What did you say? I I think I said I don't remember what I said. It wasn't important. We were just I was okay. just yeah, I, don't, I don't know I don't remember. You stuttered out too, so I yeah. Oh, Are okay. we lapsing? What's so, happening? Well, I think there's something happening with the connection, but hopefully it'll be fine. So um, okay. sorry if it's not, folks, but uh, hopefully you're not missing anything. <laughs> um, so it says, how can you propose a deal? It says, once you're face-to-face with the devil, how do you let him know what you want? Do you say, let's do this soul-selling thing, bro? <laughs> an, alleged, an alleged pact with the devil in Pignerol, Italy in 1676 went something like this. Lucifer, you're bound to deliver me to, you are bound to deliver to me immediately 100,000 pounds of money in gold. You will deliver me the first... Uh, Tuesday of every month, 1,000 pounds. You will bring me this gold and current money of such kind that not only I, but also all those whom I may wish to give some, may use it. 
and so on and so forth. But is that how you want to do things in the 21st century? Should we be so impolite to the entity that's providing all of our hopes and dreams? <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, one of the easiest ways to propose a deal for your soul would be to bring it up when you call upon the devil. It may be advantageous to you to mention your desire to sell your soul in whatever seance you use to call upon old Scratch so he knows what he's getting into. <laughs> it says, can you protect yourself? When selling your soul to the devil, there are a couple of ways you can protect yourself legally and physically. <laughs> legally, as with all important documents, you should have a notary present to make sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Oh my God. And you've got to work out the presentation for what you want in advance so you don't end up asking for something that you don't want or asking for something and getting the wrong thing. Physically, if you call the devil to you, it's best to play things safe and stand inside a pentagram that you've drawn on the floor for the entirety of the ritual or you'll open yourself up to some very negative juju. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you ask for. So you've got the devil's ear. He's down to make a deal and you've got a notary handy to help with the paperwork. What do you ask for? Guys like Niccolo Paganini and Robert Johnson sold their souls for their art, but you don't have to do that. You can sell your soul for wealth, a giant boat, or to look really good no matter what pair of jeans you're wearing. <laughs> it's your soul. Do what you want. <laughs> it's important to remember that you shouldn't skimp when you're selling your soul. You're probably going to burn in hell forever later, so get the best version of whatever you want. <laughs> Don't say, I want to be a millionaire. Say, I want to have a bank account that never empties and no one finds it suspicious. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it says, how much are you worth? <laughs> Before you decide to sell your soul to the devil, you should take stock of who you are and really think about how much your particular soul is worth. Are you a bus driver in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Or are you a senator who doesn't have enough power? That isn't to say that the one of those, or that one of those people is better than the other, but their souls may be worth different prices to the devil. Even if you're just a regular person, don't underestimate how much Satan wants to have your soul for eternity. He'll pay whatever he has to. So try to get him to make the first offer and then bargain up from there. <laughs> <laughs> According to Business Insider, Johnny came from the definitely not annoying 1979 song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia, bet his soul for what would likely be a 40-pound golden fiddle, about 543.3 troy ounces. <laughs> In 1979, gold was going for $307.50 per troy ounce, which means Johnny bet his soul for about $167,000. <laughs> Adjusting for inflation, that's about 566,000 uh, and 300 wait, 566,000 <laughs> How why can't I read this right now? Yeah. $566,300 in 2017. Not bad. I was like, okay. why am I stuttering out on this? I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> Anyways, it says, can you get out of it? Nobody wants to nullify an agreement, be it with the devil or another less evil entity. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes when things don't go your way, there's nothing else to do but end your partnership. But how do you negate a deal with the devil? If popular music tells us anything, then one surefire way to nix your contact with Satan is to beat him in a contest. The more ironic, the better when you're dealing with Lucifer. In The Devil Went Down to Georgia, Johnny beats the devil in a fiddle contest and gets to keep a very heavy fiddle in its, and his soul. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Outside of beating him in a contest, your best bet is to get an exorcism in order to bring your soul back. 
The problem with this method isn't the exorcism, it's convincing the Catholic Church that you actually deserve an exorcism. They're notoriously hard to convince, and even if you do manage to get the church to agree to your vanity exorcism, you'll still have to deal with the fact that you sold your soul for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It says, is there a good time to sell your soul? (laughs) It may sound silly, but this is one of the things that no one ever thinks about when they sell their soul. Everyone focuses on what they want to get out of the deal, but they've never but they're never concerned with whether or not they've picked an appropriate time to bother the devil and make an offer. The witch's Sabbath or Walpurgis night, Walpurgis night? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Um, is an excellent time to hook up with your main man Beelzebub. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Walpurgis is the evening when witches meet on the Brocken, the highest peak in the Harz Mountains in Germany, and party with Satan. If you can get there, then you can definitely bend the devil's ear. Okay. (laughs) If there's no room to get on the broom and head to the Brocken, then you should make sure you do your legalese with Satan at the devil's hour, 3 a.m., an inversion of 3 p.m., the time when Christ died at Calvary. Uh, It says, uh, to which devil should you sell your soul? Here's the problem that you could run into when you're trying to sell your soul. What if you call the wrong devil? (laughs) When you call upon Satan to make a pact for your immortal soul, you have to be exact and make sure that you don't call Krampus, who would probably just whip you with switches and shove you in a bag. And definitely don't call the Kelpie, a water horse demon who simply drowns people whom they trick into riding them. Just make sure when you perform your seance that you specifically ask for the top devil in charge of wheeling and dealing. (laughs) It says, can you sell someone else's soul to the devil? So this is very uncool. If you want to get something from the devil without giving up your soul, you can always sell him someone else's soul and get away with like a thief in the night. Maybe. The general consensus online is that you have to sell your own soul to the devil to get exactly what you want. Although that opinion is mostly coming from prudes who are afraid to reach out and take what they want. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Wow. It says... It's definitely an incredibly fucked up thing to do to someone, but there's at least one internet witch who wants to help you be your bad self. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that, folks. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, well, I feel like, I feel like, was that wrong of us to tell people how to do that? I don't know. I mean, like, you're going to do what you're going to do, whether we tell you about it or not. (laughs) I feel like. If you're someone who's watched Supernatural, you wouldn't be listening to us. And therefore, you've seen, by way of watching Supernatural, how badly that could end for you, you know, yep. selling your soul. So just Probably, don't do it. Hopefully, wouldn't do it, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a bad idea, you know? Like It's a really yeah. bad idea, yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Okay. Okay, that was our disclaimer. We just told you how to do it, but, you know, don't. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, like, probably should avoid that. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Okay, so for our agent aspect moment. Oh, my God. um, We have a joint one that (laughs) I'm going to let Lynn start off with, and then I'm going to (laughs) explain... What was happening okay, so on my end of things? <laughs> I don't I don't remember how we got in this situation, to be honest. Something we did something awesome. And Rochelle, <laughs> so we're sitting at my kitchen table and well I'm sitting, she comes over to me. So if you remember, Rochelle is an actual giant. On a laptop or something. Yeah, we just we figured out how to do something and we were like, sweet, we're awesome, yeah. okay. And so I'm still sitting yeah. there and she comes over to me. And again, she is a giant. 
and I'm sitting. I'm short <laughs> and I'm sitting. So she's like looming over me. <laughs> And she's doing something weird with her hand. It's like she's got her like palm up, but she's like, it's like by her armpit. And she's like, honestly, the first thing I could think of was like, oh my God, I'm about to get bitch slapped like Chris Rock. Like, that's exactly what I thought was happening. So I'm shrinking away from her, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, don't slap me in front of my own family. Like, <laughs> so that's what was going through my head. Now, Rochelle can tell you what was actually happening. <laughs> the meanwhile, I'm proud of us figuring out what we were actually trying to figure out. And I was trying to give her a high five, but because I was so close to her, I didn't want to just put my hand in her face to give her a high five. So I kind of like was giving room for the high five to happen because, you know, you need to like actually meet hands with some gusto to like right, have the so high five happen. And yeah. so I'm sitting there trying to get her to give me a high five. <laughs> But she's just like wiggling her hand in her Come on, come on! She's just wiggling her hand in her armpit, you know? Like, I was like, what is, what's happening? Like, she's clearly like drawing her hand back for some sort of thing. But, uh, but and like looming over me, I didn't know what was what. And I, I was getting a little scared. And she was just like, dude, like, where you at? Like, <laughs> and then I come think, on. I think I, think I said actually, at one point, don't leave me hanging. <laughs> And then I can't remember. She either was like, dude, I'm trying to high five you. Or it just clicked in my head that, oh, this is a high fiving moment. And then we high five. No, you ask, you're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to give you a high five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's what happened. It was, uh, it, it took a long time for us to figure out all that. <laughs> Longer than it should have. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah. Then we high-fived, and it was fine. I did not get slapped. And then Eric was like, you should use this as a joint engine harassment moment. <laughs> and we were like, okay. <laughs> well, we to are. which Killian asked, what's a joint moment? <laughs> and then I think Eric said it was a moment that you share. Like a joint, and then we all <laughs> <laughs> about that. And Killian was like, "What the fuck?" You know, like, <laughs> what's a joint? Yeah, he was clearly confused. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, what do you mean? Like, and he just was kind of like, "Whatever," and then left. You know, like, he was like, "You guys are being weird." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. So, so I I was definitely yeah. the the idiot who didn't understand what a pre high five looks like, but to be <laughs> I fair, mean, to be fair, that's not a normal pre high five. I feel like, but <laughs> yes, yes, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. I was you know, I think just like our height difference, <laughs> you know, with me sitting and you standing, like I just the was very confused. Situation happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, I, I got there eventually. The high five happened. <laughs> it got figured out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspitspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.